0: You are listening to The Mother Good Podcast, episode number 32. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. Welcome to The Mother Good Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Kara Clark. She was actually a speaker at our conference about a year ago, and she was a big hit. She's a certified sports and clinical nutritionist who specializes in weight loss, diabetes, prenatal, postpartum, and sports nutrition. And what I really like about our conversation today and Kara's entire philosophy on nutrition is that she believes in what she calls a non-dieting approach to eating. And so all of her tips in this episode today apply to every single woman, no matter what stage that they're at. If they're just trying to eat healthy, if they're trying to lose weight, if they're pregnant or if they're postpartum, all of her tips and her outlook on nutrition that we talk about in this episode applies to you. She is not only an excellent nutritionist, but she's also a wife and a mom to four daughters, which makes her very sensitive to the needs of each individual client. In addition, a little trivia for you, Kara has also worked with celebrities, including the OC Housewives and Christina Onstad from HGTV's Flipper Flop. She's worked with Olympic athletes and prepared top NBA and MLB prospects for the draft in their careers. Kara also recently just published a cookbook with Christina from Flipper Flop called The Wellness Remodel. And I just purchased my copy from Target and got it in the mail. So I'm so excited to go through it and learn how to eat healthier and also just to get some healthy recipes because I don't know about you, but being home a lot and cooking a lot more during quarantine, I'm kind of stuck in a rut about what I'm cooking and what's available in my refrigerator. So I'm hoping to kind of broaden my horizons. I know you'll really enjoy my conversation with Kara. I know it was so eye-opening to me and I'm so much more empowered in how I approach eating. And so with that, without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Kara Clark. Hi, Kara. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi,
1: Emily. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. I am a wife of a business owner. I'm a mom of four daughters. I am a nutritionist and business owner. I'm an employer of any given day, seven other mothers. And we coach most of our kids' teams.
0: That's great. And could you also tell us a little bit about your life trajectory so far, such as your education your spouse, and I guess how you came to become a nutritionist.
1: I love that. Yeah. So I grew up in Ohio, as, as you um, already know, Emily, I live in Orange County, California, but I grew up in Ohio, one of eight kids. Um, I went to college in Oklahoma at a small school called Northeastern State University. And I actually um, had a full uh, basketball scholarship to play there. While in college, I actually went to college with Carrie Underwood. Um, We were both broadcast journalism majors while we were there. And so I knew her when she went on American Idol. And ironically, um, a guy that I went to college with, he coached the boys basketball team, introduced me to my husband when I moved to California. So this stop in Oklahoma has been a very pivotal point in my whole entire life trajectory. So I moved to California right after I graduated college at 22 years old, after finishing a career in basketball and quickly um, developed uh, disordered eating patterns. So at that point I, and having played basketball, I always was interested in performance nutrition. And during the early 2000s, there wasn't any help in it. In fact, they started to um, push it into football programs. And so if I asked any questions, I would basically get the same answer as a football player. Um, so my nutrition passion started way back in college. But when I finished college and moved to California and started developing some disordered eating habits is when I started studying nutrition. Um, I knew if I could turn my life around that I could you know, obviously help many other people. And so I have been doing this now for 12 or 13 years.
0: That's amazing. I, I didn't realize that your interest in nutrition kind of corresponded to when you were going through your eating disorder. I actually, when I was in college, it had nothing to do with nutrition, but I sort of struggled with body image and getting enough nutrition myself. So I feel like that that's kind of like a common thing too around that age, just to struggle with your body image and be comfortable in your own body. Uh, so I know that for a lot of women, including moms, that the word nutrition can be scary. And even sometimes an impossible word, it just feels like something that's impossible to even achieve, even though. I try to eat healthy personally. A lot of times whenever I hear the word nutrition is kind of like a word where I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm not eating healthy enough. Like it just it seems like such an ideal and or an idealistic wor- word. Um, so I would love to know what nutrition means to you and what your philosophy is when it comes to nutrition. So
1: my, in my business, Care Clark Nutrition, which my clients pegged as CCN, we call it the CCN way of life because it, although nutrition is at um, the forefront and it's the basis of how we teach, we also incorporate every other area of wellness. So we incorporate spiritual health, we incorporate mental and emotional health, and we incorporate physical health. So ex- exercise. And in our world, we actually say, like, if you're a mom, how can you afford to not take these steps and improve your health and wellness and nutrition? So eating well, most of the time is is my philosophy, obviously, and practicing these, um, you know, health elements, most of the time is a way of life. And so we don't talk about cheat days, and we don't talk about cheat meals, and we don't we don't say you're on or off the bandwagon. We say that every every opportunity that you eat is an opportunity to make a better choice.
0: So I guess what does that look like in practice? So you're eating a healthy or you're having a healthy lifestyle, you're eating appropriately. And then one day you just eat way too much food and tons of chocolate or whatever. Um, I guess how do you fit in those things that people wouldn't consider nutritious into your lifestyle without feeling like you have jumped off the the diet or the nutrition wagon that you're on?
1: Well, I think that sometimes it does take like, um, what, what my business offers is group challenges. And sometimes it does take a little straightening up act or joining a challenge or committing to something for 30 days in order to make sure you feel like you can always get back on track. Cause I think what happens for people when they start spiraling or they are kind of used to eating that way is they almost don't even know how um, it feels to feel well. And so we're always pushing to get addicted and get obsessed with feeling well, because when you're obsessed and addicted to feeling well, then those choices are easier to make. But sometimes, and I feel like what you're talking about and a lot of times after giving birth and having all these little humans to take care of, you almost can't even think for yourself, much less like make a good choice and or or even know where to start. And so a good starting point in my um, entire nutrition philosophy is all about stabilizing your blood sugar, which might sound super sciency to some people. But with a stable blood sugar, we get our bodies into fat burning mode. And we also protect our immune system. Um, We give our bodies energy that we need um, in our brains. We our whole body works optimally with a stable blood sugar. And so if you think of eating for a stable blood sugar for your whole body, it's almost like less stressful than eating for weight loss or, you know, with disordered eating patterns, you're always going for numbers or goals or whatever. But instead of creating numbers and goals, you create a system of feeling well. Um, and so eating for a stable blood sugar comes down to eating for women, especially And I know it's really trendy to fast right now, but I'm going to debunk that myth. But for women especially, it's important to eat within the hour of waking up. This will help to indicate to our body that we're ready to burn fat as fuel, and it will help to stabilize our hormone system. Well, when we eat and every time we eat, especially the hour we wake up, we want to always combine our macronutrients. And I feel like this is another buzzword is macros. But a lot of what I'm hearing about macros is, how you can wipe out a macro and see faster results. I do not teach that. I teach eating all three macros and all three of them are essential. I teach eating 50% carbs, 20% fat and 30% protein, actually 20 to 30% fat and 20 to 30% protein every meal, however that looks, but the important factor is the 50% carbs and coming from good sources. However, this is where, this is what goes back to your question, (laughs) How do you make that work? Well, if I was craving a little wine or chocolate, because those are definitely my vices, um, those would fall into the carb category. I would make sure that I was pairing my carbs like my chocolate with nuts or another good source of fat and protein. Um, in fact, most of the time I always have chocolate in my house. Most of the time it is actually chocolate covered nuts or seeds on some level. So trust me when I tell you that there is no restriction and what I teach. Same with wine. If I wanted to have wine, I would typically have it within 30 minutes of eating a meal that was already macro balanced and I just wouldn't worry about it at all. So when you're coming from a, a no cheat, no fail system and I always tell our clients that you can't fail this because there's going to be some benefit that you learn. There's going to be something you learn about yourself. You're never going to you're never going to not combine macronutrients again. So it's a win win situation when you follow these eating patterns. I know that was kind of a long winded answer to a simple question.
0: <laughs> no, that's great. I, I have those same vices. So it's okay. good that you can fit those into a balanced diet. Um, so when you're talking about carbs, protein, and then what was the other one? So you said 50% carbs, 20 to 30% protein. And then what was the other category? 20 to 30% fat. 20 to 30% fat. Okay. Um, maybe if you could just quickly mention some examples of healthy carbs, protein and then fat because as you were saying with the fasting and you know all these different trendy diets i just feel like it's so hard to th- to sort through what the right thing to eat is you know especially yes. now people are saying oh you know vegans the best because of the documentary that just came out and then i just thought too, that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, too, are just eating all meat diets. So anyway, just to cut through all of that noise, could you maybe just give some examples of what healthy carbs look at, like, good proteins, and then fats as well? Yes.
1: And to, um, to what you said, all the noise on the internet, and even health professionals that are, you know, a lot of health professionals and people that um, work in, especially fitness, what they do is they cut to the chase um, and they risk giving proper advice in order to get a client to lose weight. And I always say, like, for what? Like, if it's not something that you can stick to um, consistently for thirty to ninety days, and don't don't ever dabble in it. That dabbling in, you know, um, all protein diets like a keto or um, heavy restriction into carbs or even like long-term fasting can actually mess with your hormone system, your entire endocrine system to where it takes three, four times as long to get it back to how it was. So the important thing is, is, um, consistency and being able to commit to something at least 80% of the time. So what I'm talking about when I say carbs, fats, and proteins, first of all, let me tell you, like, this is something that my clients have learned to um, cheat the system in a good way. I know I don't say cheat a lot, but this is something where you can be like, okay, I can go to In-N-Out and the bun can count as the carbs and the bun and the french fries and the meat patty can count as the fat and protein. And I'm still at least stabilizing my blood sugar. Same with vacation. Like you're going to Cabo, you want chips and salsa and a margarita. Well, make sure you just have a little you know, chicken in there or guacamole to help stabilize your blood sugar. So there are like workarounds in the system where you totally don't like flatten out all all of your hard work. But those are the not so good choices on the regular basis. Good healthy carb choices are going to come from your starchy vegetables, all of your vegetables, but um, your greens and non-starchy vegetables. They just don't have a whole lot of carb content. Your sweet potatoes, your potatoes. Um, all your root veggies are going to be higher in carbs. Fruits are a really good choice of carbs. And we teach eating five, at least five colors a day. So these are going to come from your fruits and vegetables. And that's fun to get creative with the whole family. So along with fruits and vegetable for healthy char- carb choices are going to be um, grains. And again, we don't restrict. And I personally don't eat gluten. But if my clients say they are fine on gluten and wheat and Rye and barley, then by all means, this can be included as your carbohydrate. Um, grains like rice and oats and um, buckwheat and quinoa and all these—I I know I'm forgetting a bunch—but these can all count towards your your carb intake. Your fifty percent carbs at your meal. Healthy protein is um, and fat is sometimes like coinciding. And so this can be a little bit tricky when for somebody who's very type A and wants to learn it and wants to learn it all fast. Um, because a lot of car or fats and proteins are coupled into one food, for instance, um, nuts and seeds, nuts and seeds have almost a little bit more fat than protein. But um, this can be included in your meal as your fat and protein. And this crosses over into carbs too. like legumes, for instance, they have a good carb count and they have a decent protein count. So this can actually be like a whole meal. So this is where it gets a little bit tricky, but in general, your lean, um, proteins are, are going to be like your eggs and, um, you know, turkey and chicken and fish. And then you get into your healthy fats and that's like avocados and oils and nuts and seeds just to give you a basis. Oh, and I wanted to mention too, for healthy carbs, um, honey and maple syrup. Those are two that I include a lot, especially in my baking recipes. Um, We use honey and maple syrup as healthy sweeteners, and they add into your carb content. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I know that breakdown helps a lot. Thanks so much for sharing all those. And when you're mentioning fruits and the different types of fruits, I was just curious, are there any fruits that are better or worse? Because I've heard that bananas really aren't super great but i don't know if that's fact or fiction just cuz it's pretty high in the glycemic index um are you recommend right. any certain fruits to to add to your cart and some to stay away from
1: no i am all i am pro fruit because fruit is actually um the greatest gift that god gave us for antioxidants Vegetables don't even come close to how many antioxidants fruit has in them. And antioxidants protect us from, you know, free radicals and cell damage and sun damage and all kinds of different, um, toxin environmental things going on inside and outside of our bodies. And so in my book, no fruit is off limit and all fruit has major nutritional value. Like you mentioned the glycemic index, Um, If you're coming from a diabetic background, especially type one diabetes, or an uncontrolled type two diabetes, or even insulin resistance, on a one on one level, I would maybe um, use a lower glycemic fruit index on uh, in this case. But um, that's even case by case, that's I don't see fruit as a problem. The problem is that people eat fruit by itself, and it spikes your blood sugar, and so it gets this bad rap that it's the same as sugar, and it's not. Our body processes fructose way different than sucrose.
0: Mm, So do you recommend eating fruit with something else when you do eat it? Because you mentioned spiking. Okay.
1: So the macro combination, like I said, I teach eating within one hour of waking up, always combining your macros, eating every three to four hours after that and five colors a day. So that's like my main food philosophy um, in that we say always, always, always combine your macros. So never grab an apple um and eat it on the go by itself we want you to grab the apple and the nuts and we want you to stop worrying about calories
0: <laughs> got it that that makes sense how about for the fats um are there some fats to avoid like is butter good because i've heard all this controversy surrounding butter too is should you limit your butter right. is butter good or what about is olive oil best again there's just so much information out there it's hard to know what to trust
1: Yeah. And I think that the information we have is generally good. So this is my philosophy on fats and healthy fats and even decently healthy fats. So obviously not trans fats and vegetable oils and stuff like that. But, um, I do say alternate your fats and dairy would be included in that. So we do, uh, we don't teach no dairy, but we do say like, you know, limit it and alternate it. Um, So with alternating your fats, my kind of go-to method on this, and everybody is always like amazed because it makes so much sense, is for your colder meals, you're going to want to use olive oil. For your hot meals, like roasting and sautéing, you're going to want to use avocado oil. And then for your baking, you're going to want to alternate, you know, free range butter and coconut oil.
0: Those are really good tips. I like those. So how can a busy mom fit? this sort of diet into her schedule, like a very healthy and balanced diet into her schedule. I know that a lot of moms just say, I just eat my kids leftovers or they just feel like they're constantly going, Mm -hmm. going, going. Are there any shortcuts to, I guess, prepping the food or shortcuts as in like grabbing certain items off the shelf so that it makes it easier, more accessible for moms to eat a well-balanced meal?
1: Right, yeah, of course there's... There are more accessible grab and go options, but the root of all of this is you have to want it. And like when I share nutrition information, nothing I share is groundbreaking, but what I hope that something somebody takes away from it is, um, just an even like tiny bit of inspiration to want to change and make those healthy choices. In my opinion, we shouldn't be finishing our kids plates; They should be finishing our plates. And if we want to establish healthy eating habits with our kids, they are, we know how our kids are. They always, always, always want what mom has. Um, They're going to follow in our footsteps. And so if we want to set the tone, the moms are the heart of the family. And what we do, the rest of the family is going to eventually follow suit. So my goal is to just inspire people to want to have that will to change and then everything else becomes more manageable and easy. And like I I always go back to my challenges, like participating with a group of a thousand other women all over the entire world is motivating and inspiring. And it's fun to hear these people's stories. And it's fun to also go well, gosh, I thought I was busy, (laughs) you know, look at this person. And we have moms of six, seven, eight, nine participating and feeding their whole families this way. So that part is really a matter of the will. But once you get used to, you know, macro combining and eating every few hours, then you start to, you know, keep nuts in your car, for instance, or apples and oranges, stuff that doesn't, that preserves a little bit longer. Um, And you start to want to read labels and, you start thinking about what sugar is doing in our bodies and what additives are doing in our bodies and what um, artificial colors are doing in our bodies. And not saying that you should never have those or feed your kids those or um, enjoy or worry about, but we start to, you know, with that desire to change, we start to wonder like what the effect is on that stuff that we have proclaimed as food, which a lot of times isn't really food if you actually break it down. <laughs> Um, but there's the best we're in good times when it comes to grab and go food, like hard boiled eggs are accessible everywhere you go, a cafe, a grocery store, um, literally any restaurant store I walk into, I basically see hard boiled eggs or some sort of like kind bar, perfect bar, um. We have amazing bars and I always have a stash of bars and nuts in my car because I feel, I find that like the protein and, and fats are harder to grab and go. Whereas like you can just grab a banana on your way out the door. You can grab an apple. You can, you know, there's so many things that are easy to grab and go when it comes to carbs. And so I think if we start just thinking of it in the terms of like, how do I want to feel? What do I want to teach my kids? What do I want to teach my family? How do I? I find when parents, uh, or when yeah, when parents start having kids that are um, at performance ages, meaning they're starting to play sports, is when is when we really start making shifts in our homes, or we try to, and it's sometimes too late. The best way to do it is when your kids are just starting to eat, and they never know any differently.
0: That's such a good point. I was just thinking of that the other day. How I was raised to eat pretty healthy, but then I was just thinking of all these kids who haven't and how much harder it must be to overcome that as an adult or as you're growing up, if you're trying to make the switch. So that's a really good point. Um, you are mentioning yes. the kind bars. Do you recommend like any other particular bars or kind bars or just kind of your go-to ones?
1: No, not at all. Um, I recommend a, a bunch of different ones at this point. I like the RX bars. I like perfect bars. If you can handle a little dairy, I like the, uh, Paleo, there's Paleo somebody name somebody's name I can't remember, but they're almost like a granola bar without all the grains. They're really good. I ordered those on Amazon. I get Aloha bars on Amazon. Um, trying to think what else. I love those RX uh, bars. no ca- no cow bar. Yeah, the are they're it's just so easy and good and so simple. Right. The only thing with the RX bars, I will say that when I do choose those, I eat one and a oh, half. Okay. And so from a calorie standpoint, I'm always looking at like, how can I get a full meal? And so the the fifth pillar to my philosophy is that meal sizes are consistent and that includes snacks. So our snacks are calorically the same size as a meal. They just look and sound and feel like a snack. Um, so, with bars, we do want to consider that. I do the same with Aloha bars. I eat one and a half, which seems crazy, but a perfect bar, the nice thing about that is you don't have to because they have over 300 calories in each bar. That's
0: so interesting that you mentioned that because when I was in my early 20s and I, you know, I was in college and actually I think it was in uh, when I was in law school that I gained some extra weight. So, I was like trying to lose weight. I mean, it wasn't a ton, it was like 10 pounds, but when I was yeah. counting calories, it just, was not working for me. And then it was weird when I just started. I don't even really know what exactly I did. But it sounds sort of like what you're mentioning that I was actually mm-hmm. eating more food and not really pay attention to the calories um, and kind of eating more consistently. And then I I lost the weight. So I, I don't know, just when you're talking about that, it's kind of sounded like, oh, that makes sense to eat more. And then it balances out, and it's better for you. But
1: well, and I really want to go go back to what you just said because that is so beautifully what I teach. I think the number one thing I see, especially because um, I have such a dense area of clients out in Southern California, is that people are under eating, and moms especially. Trust me, like I have four kids. If I wasn't eating what I needed to do, I would feel bloated. I would feel tired. I wouldn't feel motivated to work out or eat good because I wouldn't feel well because I wasn't feeling my body. So what happened with you is, I'm sure stress was a huge part of it. You said law school, but your body was requiring more nutritional needs. And so what was happening is that when you were restricting calories is that your body was clinging tighter to those calories because they said, your body's like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to get energy is and I have to make this energy last longer. Does that make sense? So we actually actually, store that as fat. So we store um, calories as fat when we're not getting enough because our bodies are too afraid to let go of that.
0: That's so interesting because I, you know, someone that I know, my hairdresser, actually, she was just complaining to me. She's like, oh, I'm trying to lose the body weight or the baby weight. And I barely eat anything all day and she's like, and nothing's happening. Like, I just don't know what else to do. And she was complaining about it to her doctor. So that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense that your body would just cling to it then.
1: Right. And you did what was intuitive. And so that's the other premise of what I teach. I, I don't call it a pillar of my philosophy because this is not something you can usually learn on your own. You are kind of unique in that situation where your body intuitively knew like, this is not right. I'm going to make a change. Most people don't ever shift to that gear um, without a proper plan and completely trusting in, you know, their nutritionist. And I'm always, always, always pushing no more meal times, actually, and more food at your meal times. And once your body gets that fuel you need, then you go into total fat burning mode. And so the other thing I tell people is eat less, you might become a smaller version of yourself. So you're still going to have the trouble areas. And and if that even works, and I'm sorry, after 30, that doesn't work. But in your <laughs> 20s, you can eat less and become a smaller version of yourself. After 30, something else happens, and your body just retains, retains, retains. And it almost is like mocking you. And it's every area of your body is being affected by it. But eating for a um, stable blood sugar gets you into fat burning mode. And so you start to burn those trouble areas. And I've had clients in their 60s show us pictures of their abs like they've never seen them before in their life. And they have abs because they have burned from their trouble zones.
0: That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's so insane. It's, so interesting that you've been mentioning all this because now it's sort of clicking in my head. Maybe I've just accidentally done some of this, but, um, when I yeah. first became a mom that I wasn't eating that much. And just as you were saying, like, I was just so tired. I mean, it wasn't on purpose. I just didn't make time for myself. And I also totally. didn't want to deal with a toddler who she, she was just constantly whining every time I sat down. And then finally I was like, you know mm-hmm. what, I just had to sit down, eat, and then I would just sit down with this, this meal and then when my toddler would come whine to me, I would say, "No, Mama's eating." And then eventually she caught on, so she would leave me alone. Um, but it's crazy that mm-hmm. after I started doing that, I got more energy, and the same thing too. I was like looking at my stomach, and I was like, um, "How does this work? Like I'm eating. <laughs> it seems right? like a lot more food, and I, I feel like I look better too. So that's crazy." Mm-hmm. Right,
1: feel better, you look better, and that's what I always tell my clients too. I'm not a big fan of like measuring results with numbers because I don't think that tells us a lot of what's going on in our our stomach, and our gut, and our brains, and our hearts. I think if you can connect to feeling better, like you just said, I have more energy, I feel better, then everything else will fall into place because you'll stop caring when you feel really, really good. Especially as a mom, because we almost think like well, if I'm a mom, I have to be drained and I have to be tired, but that's such BS. I call such BS on that. We don't. And I feel like there's a huge movement changing around that because, you know, there's so many more creative industries for moms to raise their kids themselves at home. And personally, I do that. I've never had any any. I've always been able to work. Um, I delegate the hell out of my business. So, but my point is, is the only reason I've been able to do that is because I have, broken that cycle and I do feel good. Exactly. You know, yeah, and same you for you. Yeah.
0: yeah. It makes you a better mom and better at whatever else you're doing in your life. And if that's a, a business, that's so good. Um, what about, uh, could you just maybe share a couple of your go-to healthy and fast meals? Because I feel like that's where I struggle a lot with. And also women that I know, even those who aren't moms, they're always texting me because I, I just love fast not fast food as in like going uh-huh. no quick, it's quick, it's options. Yes. quick options. So are there any like healthy go-to and fast meals that you, that you recommend maybe some of your favorite ones?
1: Oh yeah. And I want to offer up some resources too, to, uh, you know, cause people are going to listen to this and they're going to either pause or try to write it down or whatever. But my website, carrotclarknutrition.com has free resources. We have full meal plans. We have family-friendly cookbooks. We have, we have 10 eBooks, including snack books and dessert books and all of that, um, for the whole family. And then I also have a document on my website that's totally free and it's called a day in the life. And that actually breaks down what a regular day in my life looks like. Um, and I think a lot of moms will be able to relate like, you know, I think, I think, um, like you just mentioned, quick meal options are key, and I live off of quick meal options. For instance, like a overnight oats, it takes like two minutes at night to prepare, and it's ready in the morning. There's no time in the morning unless you're pouring on, you know, melted nut butter or whatever. But even that's like <laughs> less than a minute. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, hard-boiled eggs coupled with. You know, a grapefruit that literally takes no time to prepare. Um, smoothies take five ten minutes to prepare. I have over one hundred and fifty smoothie recipes in my website, on my website, and my Instagram available. Um, so I usually start my day with uh, avocado toast, for instance. Takes no time to prepare. I put avocado toast, Kite Hill, uh, which is a vegan brand of. Um, what's it called? Cream cheese. So I do gluten-free toast with Kite Hill and avocado, tomato, onion. Literally takes as much time as it takes for the toast to pop out of the toaster. That's all. Um, My next meal is usually a smoothie. Again, it takes five to 10 minutes. Or what some of my clients do is prep those smoothies in advance. They take them out the night before, let it defrost in the fridge, and it's ready to go. So again, that can be five, 10 minutes. It could be no time at all. Um, My lunch is usually leftovers piled on top of lettuce called a salad. Um, Again, no time at all. Um, My afternoon snack is usually um, vegetables and hummus and and some spicy pepita seeds. Those are my favorite thing ever right now. Um, They're called Super Seeds brand and they're so easy and they live in my car and my house. It's like a chapstick. Like it's in my purse, my car and my house. Like you think of your nuts and your seeds as your chapstick or your baby wipes. They live with you. Right. So, um, and then dinner is usually like a less than 10 minute stir fry or um, one sheet wonder. We call them one sheet wonders because we put, you know, chicken sausage, sweet potatoes, regular potatoes, um, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, all on one sheet and you just roast it. Um, so we have a ton of like weeknight meal stuff and like you, like you and I've been talking about this whole conversation. It's about just getting used to it. And I love when people are like, well, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm like, really? Like I have three kids that play two to four sports each right now. My oldest and my second oldest are each in three different sports. We have two to three, actually two to four practices in every day of our life. And on weekends we have four to eight games so, <laughs> scheduling—that's oh crazy. <laughs> and my husband, right? And my husband owns his own business. Both of us played college sports, and so it's like we we knew it was going to happen, but it it did happen fast. And we're not going to just drive our kids through drive-throughs because of our circumstance. We're just going to be a little bit more prepared. We um, make things off the cuff, like a veggie-loaded quesadilla, which is probably going to be dinner tonight because it's it's Lent and we don't have meats on, meat on Friday. Um, you know, veggie loaded with cheese quesadilla or soups are really easy to, um, prepare quickly. They don't cook quickly, for instance. So you have to kind of think about it earlier in the day with a crock pot or Instapot, like life couldn't be easier for our generation to make things fast.
0: <laughs> definitely. No, that's so true that eating healthy is so much more accessible. I'm going to have to definitely check out all your recipes totally online is. too. And we'll, we'll link that to that in our show notes too. So people can find you online. Uh, I meant to ask earlier is everything that you're talking about in terms of the macro and uh, macronutrients and eating, does this all apply to, to postpartum moms who are breastfeeding? I meant to ask you that earlier.
1: Absolutely. So the number one question I get is, can I do this pregnant or nursing? And I'm like, not only could you do this, you should do this pregnant and nursing. And the only difference you would make is, is that intuitive nature of what I teach is you're probably going to need a little bit more. Um, we do 30 day challenges where we actually assess our clients into a calorie range where it's appropriate for them. And these are the ones that we highly recommend to our pregnant and nursing mamas. And we actually think you need this more than the average mom. Um, and what happens, what we see too for our nursing moms is that they may experience just the change dip for like two to three days. But after that, their milk comes back like more than they ever imagined and not just more, but more dense and their babies are happier. Oh, wow. and They're more satisfied. Oh, it's beautiful. We've had so many pregnancies in our program of people struggling with infertility. Mm. Um, and, and stabilizing your hormones is at the root of all happiness, moms,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that eating healthy stabilized your hormones and then fasting messed with it. That when you said that, yes. that was a huge eye opener. So.
1: Right. And so, the, what people say to me is, well,
0: my husband lost 15 pounds doing this. Yes. Like, why should I do it? <laughs> that's what, and this is what, that's so funny. This, this is, is what husband I, say. or someone said to okay. their husband, because that's the same with my husband. He lost a ton of weight. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's different for men. Like, I don't feel great when I do that. So, think of it this way
1: men are like a clock, they just go around once a day, right? Every 24 <laughs> hours, every 24 hours, their hormones are repeating themselves. Okay. Women's hormones are every 28 days. And so we have to be much more protective over that. Men Mm. are, we are completely different beings. Our endocrine systems function at completely different rates. If theirs are turning over every day and ours are only turning over every 28 days, think about the difference of needing that kind of protection.
0: Mm, That's so interesting. I'm going to have to mention that to my husband because just the other night I was like, I have to eat something now or else I'm going to be super hangry. And he's like, I've it all day. I'm not hangry. He's like, why can't you be like me? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a little different than you.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Women are completely different. I always say that men are just a shell of women.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I love that. That's
1: hilarious. And I'm not saying it to be mean, but they don't like they can do a lot more things and they can endure yeah. a lot more toxic levels. And um they can, you know, try and dabble in a
0: lot of different diets and it doesn't harm them like it does. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was that difference at all. That's so good to know. Mm-hmm. So in closing, I'd like to close on a little bit more personal note. And this is a question that we ask all of our moms that's in in line with our motto that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Do you have an example of a time that you realize this for yourself? Every day at the end of the day, I lay in bed
1: and obviously pray over all of my family. And one thing that I ask for is just continued grace and wisdom um, on how to handle each child differently. I have four girls and you would think that Oh, that's easy because it's all the same, but every one of them is so different and without God's grace and wisdom and opportunity to gain wisdom. So we ask for wisdom and then we want to push away the opportunity that gives us, you know, patience and wisdom. um, Those would be impossible. And so I, I don't really think of my mothering as like where I stand on a scale as much as how connected I feel to each of my kids.
0: Mm, I like that so much. That's so beautiful. I'll have to remember that too for myself. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. Oh. It's stressful. Where can moms find you on social media and online? And I'll also link to it in our show notes, but in case you just want to shout it out so moms can find you.
1: Yeah. I actually didn't even get a chance to say, um, you can find me literally everywhere right now because I just, um, Carrie Underwood's book just came out called find your path. And I was a contributing nutritionist to that book. Um, I that. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And ironically, my book, comes out next month and it's called Wellness Remodel and I co-authored that with a friend and who started as a client Christina Anstead from HGTV Flipper Flop and Christina on the Coast um, and we actually break down her story of motherhood and how autoimmune disease affected. Um, you know, her, her daily life and the challenges she faced with that. And so instead of me telling my philosophy, like I did on this podcast, I actually Mm -hmm. share very specific details on how I managed her health um, using my philosophy. And so that comes out in April wellness remodel. Um, And then I have a website care Clark nutrition, and that has so many different options to understand health better, including a blog that is just filled with nutrition content I have Instagram, Care Clark Nutrition, um, Facebook, and Twitter, but I don't really know how to use Twitter. So
0: <laughs> I'm ju- I just started, I logged in for like the first time in like five years recently <laughs> yeah. to run something. I'm like, what is this? But well, that's great. I'll definitely link to all that in our show notes too. Well, thank you so much for. Yes joining us today and taking the time since i know that you're such a busy person and we really appreciate it i know that everyone who attended our conference last year uh you were one of their favorite speakers Aww, and everyone loved thank you so, you. Much. so yeah so thanks so much yeah
1: keep up the good work emily